Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Uh, you got this G1 Climax coming up Friday on Access TV. Now, this is this was like, I mean, people knew about Kenny Omega before, but this really was like, this pushed him into the forefront. What was it like calling this this tournament? Well, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's a uh, very competitive, unpredictable booking, uh, which is somewhat uh, typical of New Japan, which I applaud. So, uh, but it was good. You know, it was, I enjoy the product a great deal. So this tournament has taken on somewhat of a life of its own with so much uh, awareness. It's got clout. Uh, you know, I've talked to some of the guys that have uh, wrestled in it, and, you know, they'll tell you, there's probably nothing they do. Kenny Omega told me this on my podcast, uh, that the G1 tournament is the most physical and mentally grueling uh, booking that, that he's ever had. So I think a lot of guys probably feel that way. It's just very, uh, it's just relentless. And I, I enjoy the physicality of the theory of the, of the tournament. So it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a, it was a good time. It reminded me a little bit of uh, when we crowned the, first UWF uh, wrestling champion and when I worked for Bill Watts and we had a big tournament that was really star-studded and uh, it was unpredictable, had a lot of big names in it and they were fighting for something. Uh, that's the great thing about uh, New Japan and their tournaments and things they do is that there's always a prize, believable, plausible prize at the end of the day that the, uh, the tournament winners can, uh, the winner of the tournament can uh, enjoy and the second thing is, uh, I think uh, it it lets others that have competed in the tournament establish who they are, what they're about, how they react on a big on a, on a high profile match. So there's a lot of good that comes out of this tournament. But I had a great time uh, broadcasting. I think the fans are gonna that haven't seen it on New Japan World uh, will hear not only Josh Barnett and myself's uh, rendition of it our interpretation, but 
uh, some will see it for the first time, like we did, because I didn't watch the, uh, I didn't watch any of the content before I voiced it over. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I, I really, I'd love to be able to go over there someday and do one live. Uh, that's not our gig right now, but uh, I'd love to be able to to do the tournament over the course of several days because at that point you can really actually feel yourself the gruel and the challenge, the grueling nature of it. So uh, I, uh, that's a that's a bucket list deal. That's another thing I wanted to mention is the physicality that they endure during this tournament in particular. This is known as maybe the most grueling professional wrestling tournament, period. Uh, does that shine through whenever you call those matches? Can you tell, like, these guys have been going at it for, for days, weeks, even? Oh, yeah. They, uh, the, the, the sense of urgency and the desire to really be at your best is very evident in these matches. Uh, if you're a real learned fan and you're, you're, uh, you perceive that you have a good working knowledge of the business as far as how it's applied in the ring, You'll see for yourself very readily that these guys are—they uh, got a little bit more fuel in their tank on, on these, and uh, you can also see that there's a certain degree of soreness uh, that they work through. So I, the physicality is very, very evident. Also, one thing that I've, I've always wondered about you, in American wrestling, we're used to like if, if say the Royal Rumble winner wins, they, a couple months later they get their title shot. In New Japan, it's. It's a several-month build. We're talking like four months before Tokyo Dome rolls around. Uh, what Do you like that, or you, do you think it should be a little bit shorter? How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't have any issues with the, uh, the, the timeline. I, I think that one of the great things that a promoter, booker, company, whatever can do is to create uh, anticipation for a uh, pro wrestling fan and – uh, that's kind of what, what I see here with this. It just gives you longer to, uh, uh, you know, to think about it, to anticipate it. So I don't have any issues with the timeline. I, I, I think that by and large, the business in general rushed too many storylines anyway. And that's a function of just uh, being impatient, uh, having, you know, uh, different, uh, having too many cooks in the kitchen at times. But, uh the, the business in general, it's like, a, it's like a guy's wrestling a match. There's too much acceleration. There needs to be some, uh, the process needs to be a little bit more deliberate so that we fans can process everything that we're seeing and the broadcasters of that given bro, uh, product can have the time to, quote, unquote, put the talent over. If you're If you're trying to broadcast a succession of, daredevil high spots and that's all you're basically all you're getting it's very very challenging to have that pause so that you can actually document what the fans are seeing and put the talent over in the match so uh i i have a, i have a lot of uh, respect for new japan and how they are still respecting timelines and and stretching stories out because they realize that once they tell a great story and then they get to their destination it has infinitely more impact and that's what we're seeing here, especially like this uh, this G1 stuff. You know, heck, I I think that some people are going to hear your podcast. You're going to say, I didn't even know that Jr. was still doing wrestling. I didn't know that. What is Access TV? I didn't know New Japan was an English commentary in, in North America. So we're we're hopefully going to introduce this to a lot of new people, and uh, 
you know, and, and let them know that just because uh, it's not a WWE, it's not under the WWE umbrella, that it that it doesn't exist. It's, it's, that's somewhat of a ludicrous uh, philosophy, but unfortunately, a lot of fans still have it. We saw last year, we saw a lot of names leave New Japan for WWE, AJ Styles, uh, Anderson Gallows, but there were a lot of people, namely Kenny Omega, who has turned down repeated WWE offers, Fale, Tamatanga, they stayed with New Japan over WWE, where a lot of people would have jumped. What do you think it says that, that names like that are willing to stick around in New Japan when they could maybe come to a, to a place you know that isn't as much of a culture shock to them like America? Oh, I think all of them, to be honest with you, uh, I don't know where, what company you wrestle for. It doesn't really matter. Uh, right now, with the lay of the land as it is, if you are a wrestler and you realize you have a short shelf life in your vocation, uh, you're going to want to maximize it, it meaning your career, as financially as best you can. And, and right now, WWE is far and away if they have the pack for anybody. They're going to pay. Every, they're going to pay their top top guys more money than anybody else. So, uh, I would say that the vast majority of every wrestler in the world has some desire to ply their wares and 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 WWE and and you know headline and WrestleMania, for example. Uh, that's no different than an NFL guy uh, wanting to play in the Super Bowl. Or you know, a, a college basketball team wanting to get in the Final Four, March Madness. It's just the goal that the your your you, it's been set for you by your predecessors and your peers. So I don't really uh, I think I think any except maybe some of the native uh, Japanese <clears throat> Japanese talents. Uh, the the American-born talents in New Japan or any other company are going to want to try test put their toe in the WWE water at some point. But, you know, it's admirable. Most of those guys stayed with New Japan because they probably realized they weren't ready to go to WWE or WWE wasn't ready for them. Uh, but, you know, WWE did a, did a very uh, uh, strategic raid, for lack of a better term. And they didn't, they didn't go in there and, and sign, uh, uh, you know, mid-carders. Everybody they signed has the potential to be a significant main event contributor, which is kind of smart scouting for them. This tournament really was the rise of Kenny Omega. What do you think about him as a performer and a wrestler? He's good. He's very good. Uh, he's going to get better. Kenny has two. There's two sides to Kenny. Kenny is a very uh, introspective, intelligent uh, uh, young man. I really, really, as I mentioned about my podcast, I've had him on twice, and we've had some really good conversations. If somebody wants to hear those, they can check out podcastone.com from my conversation with Kenny Omega. You'll, you'll be very entertained by his, uh, by his conversation. Uh, but he's, he's uh, really good. Uh, I think he's uh, still putting his game together. I think he would probably admit that, uh, that he's going to continue to add and subtract and, make, and add wrinkles and amend things. Uh, so he's not as good as he's going to be, which is, which is exciting. Uh, sometimes Kenny gets a little bit, uh, uh, I don't know, um, he has, sometimes he's not, he's, 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 he's not serious at the wrong times, in my opinion. Uh, but that, those, that would happen a lot early in the year, 2016, as he was on this, uh, odyssey. 
that was pretty uh, extraordinary, to be honest with you. But at times, you could see early last year, he would maybe have a little, quote-unquote, too much fun, uh, winking at us or eyebrows up. And I get that. There's a time and place for that. But uh, I know that when uh, Josh and I called the uh, Omega Okada match from Wrestle Kingdom, uh, he was dead serious. And it was a t- it was it was the Kenny Omega that I uh, really uh, enjoy watching. He had a plan. He was serious. He didn't BS me. His work was solid and, and snug and logical. He sold well. He did all the things he needed to do to make that match uh, extraordinary, and it was. So, but Kenny's a star, you know. Kenny, Kenny's smart. Continued to build his legacy. Uh, even though Kenny's not American, he's Canadian. I would be, I would be remiss to say that uh, Kenny Omega has no desire to be in WWE. I think that's it would be for my, now, unless he he refutes it. I would say that Kenny Omega has a lot of interest in going to WWE, but only under the right circumstances. If those circumstances never manifest themselves, that he's a New Japan guy for life. But I kind of believe that uh, when his, this, this current contract has concluded, that he uh, will be a high priority uh, recruit, for lack of a better term, free agent, if you will, for WWE. To me, that's his eventual destination. It's just not a matter of if, more than anything, it's just a matter of when. Do you think WWE would try to bring him over as a standard talent or? Maybe 205 live as a cruiserweight because we haven't really oh, seen no. what we haven't seen what they'll do with with cruiserweight signings like that necessarily so far because I mean the show just started. Yeah, he's not a cruiserweight in my view. Uh, nor should he be pigeonholed there. Uh, WWE uh, traditionally has a real good way of uh, you know more often than not of introducing talents. Kenny Omega at his age is a lot in life. He's got a, he got thousands of people around the world that's wearing his merchandise, and that uh, that always is a uh, uh, an attractive uh, selling point. If you're WWE, uh, you know they can, that's like signing the Hardys. If they sign the Hardys, they'll make their money back on the merchandise they sell, mm-hmm. notwithstanding the what the Hardys uh, what they'll bring to the table for their matches. Kenny Omega's a lot like that too. He's got a he's got a built-in clientele that's going to buy his merchandise. So uh, I would think Kenny would be a, you know, Kenny Omega's the kind of guy you bring in at Royal Rumble and he wins it. That kind of deal is how I would book Kenny Omega. I would give him every chance in the world to get as over in WWE land as he is in New Japan land. And uh, the way you do that is is you make him, uh, you know, you. You put him in a position, of, a, a positive position that people can uh, gravitate to if they choose to, and, and support. So uh, he, he's a. That's how I would introduce him. I would introduce him in a big way, whether it's a winning the Royal Rumble or or, or something along those lines. Uh, but you got to get, you got to bring him in with some impact, and, uh, and 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 see where it takes you. Speaking of. Impact. You were brought up at the last Impact tapings this weekend between a little feud between Josh Matthews, Jeremy Borash. Did you hear about that? And is that the kind? Of, is that something that they like clear with you before you before they do it? I heard about it. Uh, no, I didn't. It, it didn't really need to be cleared with me because I'm not doing anything. It, I'm just a I'm just a, a, a character in their dialogue or conversation. If they would clear it with me if I was going to come in there and do an angle, or I was going to come. Do some work there, but the, neither of those are the case. 
So if it helps Jeff, Jarrett, and uh, his team uh, to establish, better establish a, another storyline and using me as a conduit and as to some degree, then I don't have any problem with it. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm very much supportive of Impact Wrestling's new management team and 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 like every other organization, I'm a fan. Uh, you know, I I want I have friends that work in all these organizations after 40 plus years in the business, so I don't have any desire to see any wrestling organization flounder, struggle. So I'm all for uh, new or excuse me, uh, Impact winning and getting gaining some relevance. I have uh, Mike Johnson on my podcast this week, along with Shawn Michaels, and it drops on Tuesday night at nine Eastern on Podcast One, and I. I talked to Mike. I said, have you ever uh, been as excited in, in anticipation of a Impact Wrestling show as you are this week? And he said, absolutely not. So I think uh, they created a little buzz there. And if I can help those guys uh, create a buzz just by being a part of a sentence or a topic, then I'm cool with that. You know, no, no worries here. But it would, be, it would be needed to be cleared if it were leading to something else. I'm not going to be joining their announced team. Uh, I'm not going to be doing an angle. I'm not going to, you know, I may, you never know, I may show up at a TV taping someday just to watch if I'm in the area or they want me to come down and observe and give them some feedback, something like that. But I don't have any desire to replace uh, Jeremy Borash or Josh Matthews or who, anybody else. Uh, I like their, I like what they're trying to do, and if I can help them, uh, I am willing to. That's no different than this week. You know, the Ring of Honor pay-per-views Friday night, the 15th anniversary, and I'm going to be watching that pay-per-view from my home and doing a live chat. Now, I've never done a live chat during a pay-per-view that I recall, so a fight, the Fight app has asked me to be uh, to, to be on to watch the show, which I will, uh, uh, and I will be kind of analyzing it or evaluating it as we go, plus taking uh, Q&As from the fans, so uh, that's... And I'm happy to do that because I'm an advocate of Fight App. I'm an advocate of Ring of Honor. Again, I want to see them do well. And I'm curious of how they're going to use and how it will work out with Bully Ray and, and, and the Hardys, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's a great opportunity for Ring of Honor on Friday night on pay-per-view. I'm very curious to see how they capitalize on this opportunity. Also, I noticed that at those impact tapings, they ran a graphic for, uh, I think it was either your one-man show or your podcast. Did how did that come about? I don't have any idea. I mean, uh, I didn't ask them to do it. It was uh, it was uh, Impact doing it uh, on their own. And I, I'm sure that because we're all so cynical, wrestling fans, no different than us that are in the business, we're so cynical of every damn thing that goes on. You know, well, what's the ulterior motive? What do they want? Well, there's got to be a gimmick. What's the, what's the uh, oh, the, uh, the old... You know, uh, Oliver Stone conspiracy theory here. There's got to be something up because no one in today's world would do something nice for somebody without wanting a payback. So, uh, I don't. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. 
Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know, they're, they're friends. You know, Jeff and I are working on some other projects together. We've done other projects together. Uh, he's been, my show, my, I'll give you an example, my friendship with Jeff and Karen. Last year at WrestleMania, they came on my uh, one-man show, Ringside with Jim Ross and Friends at the House of Blues. Uh, this week, that show will drop on the Fight app as a five ninety nine pay-per-view. It's, uh, it's the very best of our three shows in Dallas. And Jeff and Karen are on that, so we're friends. Uh, you know, Karen's a Pittsburgh girl. My wife is a Pittsburgh girl as well. There's that commonality. I knew her when she was married to Kurt. I've known her for a long time. Jeff, I've known since, you know, gosh, for years. So I'm, I'm pulling for those folks, and they reciprocate. They're pulling for me. So uh, I really appreciated what they did, and, and uh, but it was not predetermined. It was I saw it on, on Twitter for the first time and was very... Uh, uh, very impressed and very thankful that they thought of me. Speaking of la last bit of impact, your, your broadcast partner, Josh Barnett, recently did some work for them. He, he wrestled Lashley. Did, did he talk to you about that before it happened? Did you know that it was going to go down? Oh, yeah. We were doing voiceovers that day uh, before he we went to the airport to fly to Orlando. I think he took a red eye into Orlando and got there the next morning as it worked out. So, uh, yeah, we were aware of it. I didn't ask him any particulars because I didn't want to sound like, you know, a fanboy. But what's the finish? What are you going to wear? What's your music? What's your finish? You know, God, come, come on. on. We knew his finish uh, was going to be a double wrist lock. We knew that. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called. Uh, not a key lock. Yes. It's a double wrist Or if you're an MMA freak, it's got to, it has to be a Kimura because, for the love of God, you can't uh, even have any inference if you're an MMA person to pro wrestling, even though... Uh, the roots come from the same place for both uh, entities, but in any event, uh, uh, yeah, I do, and I, and I think it's a smart idea. You know, Josh goes in on one plane ticket, uh, and he's on three shows, and that's smart for uh, impact, because I am assuming, I don't know this is Josh, I just assume that there, he got a flat fee, he got a price for the trip, and and plus his you know, T&A type thing, a hotel uh, more specifically, um, so I'm assuming. So he can go there and make one trip and get on multiple programs, and then so he had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and now he's set up to come back if he wants to. And if I were uh, Impact Wrestling, I would be looking at a lot of these guys that come in and do a, a taping, and you do a show, a storyline that has an arc to it that ends on the last day of their taping, and then if you get them back, you pick it back up, if you don't get them back, you've had a natural conclusion. And that way it keeps your roster somewhat uh, fresh. Uh, and uh, it's a little different philosophy than other promotions are using. If you're impact wrestling, you have to think outside the box. Whereas WWE would not bring anybody in to do a, a few-day deal or a week's taping and then three or four episodes. They would not do that. They don't have to do that. Probably Ring of Honor would be somewhat reluctant, but maybe not. Uh but the impact is not in a position to be uh, laying down the law on how they're going to use talents. If they can get a talent to come in and work uh, a week and get uh, several episodes of TV out of them, uh, much like Cody Rhodes has done, then that's smart. Uh, that's what videotapes good. It, 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 will, it will maintain your images. So uh, I, I would think if I'm uh, impact, 
and I'm not their booker, nor do I want to be or play one on television, I would say I would consider bringing Josh back because he's an intriguing uh, character that's not overexposed on television. And he's got a very believable reality-based background that, quite frankly, Impact Wrestling, along with other promotions, especially in America, could use a reality-based, non-eyebrow-rolling presentation. Yeah, I really liked the... I think that that bringing Josh in accomplished a lot of things for them. They have a guy who is a legit fighter in Bobby Lashley who was beating another legit fighter in Josh Barnett. And that leads to my next question. We're seeing a lot of the blurring of the lines now, like Ring of Honor and New Japan. Now we've got TNA with a guy who was in Bellator against a guy who was in the UFC. We saw a couple of years ago Samoa Joe initially came over, and he was still working for Ring of Honor, even though he showed up on NXT TV. Did you think we'd ever get to this point? Because for a long time, especially WWE and TNA, they were very strict about where people worked. Well, I'd like to think that these promotions are getting smarter. And uh, obviously WWE has somewhat laxed their uh, philosophies from the fact that you don't have to be 6'3 and 245 to to get a shot, get an opportunity. Uh, So that's kind of – I'm impressed with that. Uh, But no, I – I always long for cooperation. I've never understood uh, the the animosity that oftentimes exists between wrestling promotions. They act like it's the end of the world to actually uh, be uh, professional and uh, cooperate sometimes. Uh, and I think that's silly. It's, it's just outdated. Uh, it speaks to the some of those old uh, egocentric mindsets of the old territory days where you had the territory run by the the Caucasian alpha male ex-wrestler whose ego was still as big as it was when they were in their 20s uh, and uh, you know they, they they believe that there's there's their way or the highway you know it goes all the way back to my days with Bill Watts when people were criticizing Watts for allowing me to use radio to promote live events none of the promoters did it to any degree and we had radio promotions with Big stations would be have a radio night, you know, K, uh, K95 FM night type thing. And we did a lot of those and helped business immensely. And then promoters would call Watson, you're crazy. You don't need to, you're spending money where you don't need to spend it. All you need to do is, uh, if they're not watching your one-hour TV show, they're not coming. That's so ignorant. But that's what you dealt with a lot. It's the same thing as saying when Watson had Ernie Ladd and Junkyard Dog, two African-Americans, as two of his key people in his company, I've heard conversations. I've sat there and listened on the speakerphone where promoters saying, you're going to kill the business. You can't let those people uh, have that much influence. And I'm thinking, my God, are you kidding me? So uh, I like the relaxed uh, atmosphere, and I like the fact that people are trying to cooperate as best they can. Uh, and that's like somebody said about uh, uh, Cody Rhodes working with Ring of Honor. And Cody Rose doesn't have a – if I'm Ring of Honor, I don't want him to have an exclusive. I want him to be happy. I want him to make all the money he can because I can't guarantee him all the money he needs. So if Cody Rose can work in New Japan or Ring of Honor or even Impact, who the hell cares? As long as he's there for my dates and he keeps his commitments to my company, I'm cool with that. I want him to be happy, and I want him to make all the money that he can. I want him to sharpen his steel and become a, even a better in-ring performer so I can get some of that. But I'm not going to restrict him from where he can work. You know, that's like, I don't agree with Ring of Honor's deal where they say, well, you're under a guarantee you can't work these independent dates. That's stupid. 
it is absolutely ill-fated because why would you want to restrict the earnings, the earning opportunities of a talent unless you're paying them their comfort zone money, and by the way, they're not. So I want my talents to stay as sharp as they can. I don't want to monitor their dates. I don't want to have a, a approval process so that we're not letting this guy take, you know, he's not working 14 times this week uh, and wearing himself down and, and getting susceptible to injury. But, yeah, I, uh, I I believe in these guys working as many dates as they can and for as many companies as they can, creating new storylines and giving the all-important fan base something new to uh, emotionally invest. And that's where it all starts and ends to me. How are you creating the environment so that your paying customer, your fan, your universe, your whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, what are we doing to uh, embrace them and give them something unique? I thought that Ring of Honor last week, when they introduced uh, Bubba or Bully Ray and the Hardys in New York City, was was a booking brilliance. So I, my hat's off to those guys. That's something that Bill Watts would have done back in the territory days, bringing some big star in from a territory, another territory, and making a, a quote-unquote impact. And I, they made an impact, and they got everybody talking. And it was so timely because, so what do they got? They talked about that last Saturday night. Now, six days later, they got a pay-per-view on, on on Friday that they hope to monetize. So good booking for a Ring of Honor. Just a couple more before we go. Uh, you mentioned how uh, the perception of size has changed in pro wrestling. Do you think MMA has anything to do with that? We see Conor McGregor, a giant draw. For a long time, Anderson Silva was considered the baddest man in the world, and he would have been a cruiserweight by WWE standards. Uh, do you think that that has helped push forward a change, or do you think it's just natural progression? No, I think that... I think that uh I think a couple of things in MMA. I think, number one, the Ronda Rousey effect has been a very positive influence in how WWE has positioned their women. The fact that Ronda Rousey has created, because of her performance and her ability, her charisma, et cetera, et cetera, uh, a tremendous uh, uh, landscape, or to, to marketing landscape. Uh, and I'm a big Ronda Rousey fan, without question. She's another, been another former guest on my podcast. Huge wrestling fan. I love her. You know, I asked her if she was a bartender. I said, if I was a, if I walked into your bar, Rhonda, and and uh, and I sat down at the bar, what what kind of, if I said, make me what you think I would like, I said, what would you make me? And she said, well, considering I would know who you are because I've been a wrestling fan all my life, and you've been that soundtrack, I would probably make you a penny dropper. I said, I don't even know, I don't know what that is, but I'm very interested in the beverage. So uh, I think Rhonda has been a very positive influence on. Uh, uh, WWE's vision of these uh, attractive athletic women who have raised their game a degree as far as the athleticism is concerned. Uh, my my fear with those women is that they're going to take it too far somewhere, and we're going to get some. We're going to they're going to be put into an environment because to, again to break the ceiling, to break the glass ceiling that doesn't even exist, but we think it does. But we can't put women in, in environments or any wrestler that they can't. Their skill sets not fully capable of mastering and, and, and performing safely. That's one point. So the Rousey MMA effect has helped the women. The <clears throat> the other thing that MMA has done is it's less than the uh, – you've seen some badass guys that are not 200 pounds in MMA, as you alluded to. And so I think that has a very positive result to that, uh, that uh, size is not the only determining factor of what makes a star. Uh, it's an amalgamation of things. 
Size is one of them, but I think being an athlete is more important than size, and being in athletic condition is more important than being a bodybuilder. That's just my personal philosophy. Uh, and uh, I think that submissions also have been, you know, back when I was in, started in wrestling for years and years, I never saw a main event babyface lose by submission that I can recall. It just wasn't something that the old school bookers would allow to happen there, have your babyface uh, submit. Uh, maybe that's overthinking it. I don't know, but that was that theory for years. So I, but I do think that submissions, as a, uh, a byproduct of MMA and the USC and Bellator and so forth, uh, Access TV has a MMA every week. We're seeing we have many opportunities every week to see submissions. We have many opportunities every week to see tough old bastards get it on. And unless you have been in a college or a school where they have a great wrestling team, uh, you don't realize sometimes that. The one thing that the football players at Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or Iowa or wherever great wrestling programs are, Penn State, you don't want to be the guy on the football team that got his ass bit by a 130-pound wrestler. And that's, that can very easily happen. And that's why, uh, you know, uh, the wrestlers have such respect on their campuses as a rule. So uh, I think even Mace had a very positive influence on some of the application in the ring just as I think WWE, or wrestling in general, not WWE, but wrestling in general, has had a very positive influence on matchmaking, heels, baby faces, personal issues, making titles mean something, et cetera, et cetera, to MMA. And again, uh, your MMA audience will not relish in me saying that, but it's just, it's just a fact in my, in my estimation. Well, Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I encourage everybody to check out New Japan on Access every Friday night. I love hearing like I love hearing an American twist on New Japan Pro Wrestling and for those of you who haven't watched New Japan Pro Wrestling there are talents that you're familiar with that that are on this program and it's awesome to have voices that you're familiar with too and I I love hearing that from you and Josh Barnett. Thanks <coughs> like my my coffee went down the wrong way but I'm good. Uh <coughs> I you can edit this out maybe. Uh, I appreciate your uh uh, your feedback on that. We're having, Josh and I are having a great time. The only thing that's frustrating for us is uh, that we don't, we're not, we're not on the tip of everybody's tongue. And I don't say that egocentrically. I just think that wrestling fans, if they're aware that this product exists, are going to embrace the hell out of it. Yeah. It's and we don't have to plug. We're not in a position. Uh, the great people at Access TV allow us to do our work. They count us on the segment. They count us out of the segment. During the matches, they say nothing. It's up to us to create our content and do a good job and not insult the audience. So Josh and I call wrestling in a very athletic context, and we, and we are describing what you're seeing. We're not talking about what's trending. We're not talking about uh, ancillary products or uh, movies or things that other announcers have to talk about. We're not talking about pay-per-views. Uh, hell, we're not, we don't even talk, rarely talk about New Japan World. We focus on the game, bell to bell, and try to not insult your intelligence by calling the action in an athletic presentation. So we're really having fun doing it. Uh, and like I said, it's, it's kind of frustrating sometimes when I, I love this one. My predecessor on Access TV, my good friend Mauro Arnello, is, as we all know, is, is now in WWE land, and good for him. I'm proud of Mauro, especially the guy battling uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, he has my respect, ultimately, no doubt. But it's frustrating sometimes when you look on Twitter and somebody says, hey, Morrow, you're the, you're the greatest announcer since JR. Well, you know, 
I appreciate that, but, but, but it tells me, here's what it tells me. It tells me that they're not aware of Josh and my work on Friday nights. We're not, I haven't disappeared. You know, I haven't moved to Uranus and living on a foreign planet, or, a, or on a planet, a foreign planet. That's good. That's redneck. Uh, living on a, on, a, on a planet other than Earth. So I, uh, I just wish that we, we think we have a really cool secret, but we don't want it to be secret. We want everybody listening to not only join us, but tell a buddy that's a wrestling fan, hey, have you seen on JR, Josh Barnett, call that New Japan stuff on Friday nights. It's that we get the best matches. We don't interrupt them. Uh, we, 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 more often than not, they don't get interrupted by a commercial break. Uh, you get to see these, you know, it's a 48-minute show. You're not there forever. And so I, I really encourage folks to watch it, and I think that you will be glad that you did. And, you know, I... I watch it on. I'm a, it's not on every cable system, but this, it's working toward getting on more and more every every week. So I, I watch it. I, I specifically have Directv to watch Access TV. It's on channel 340 on Directv. I watch it every day doing something. But uh, on Friday nights, is uh, you know we we tape it, and I get the chance. If I don't see it live, I get to actually watch my work at my own leisure. So I appreciate you having me on and. Uh, if I'm a diehard fan, and I, we're not going to insult the intelligence of the audience, nor are we going to compromise uh, the content. Uh, we're going to call it differently. We're going to do a little bit old school, but not old-fashioned. Old school meaning we're going to respect the fundamentals of the game, and we're going to try to underscore the great things we're saying and tell a uh, compelling story. That's old school. It's not uh, low-cut boots and black wool tights. Uh, it's fundamental soundness, and I think that's what you'll find on Friday night. So, Thanks for having me on, and I hope the folks will check us out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jim. You bet, man.